2: We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
3: Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your
4: life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Rev. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister. Christ Universal Temple was founded by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman in 1956, designed as a ministry uh, that is dedicated to teaching people how to live healthy, happy, and prosperous lives. If you're in the Chicagoland area, we'd love to have you stop by. Stop by on, during our Sunday morning worship service from 1030 a.m. until 12 noon Central Standard Time. And if you are not in the area And you want to check us out And see what we're about You can check out our live stream During the same time 10.30am to 12 noon Central Standard Time At www.cutemple.org That's www.cutemple.org Today I'm continuing the series On Prosperity by Charles Fillmore um, As I stated before this is a book that you can get almost anywhere you can buy a hardcover or softcover book you can download it to a tablet there are even some free uh, versions of it floating around the internet so i'm requesting that everybody who follows along with this series get this book there's no reason why that you can't get it if you can listen to this show online you can get the book Prosperity because all you got to do is click link and read or download it to your tablets or whatever you need to do. So make sure that you get the book and you're reading along. I'm teaching it a chapter at a time and today I'm in lesson three or chapter three, but the book says lessons. And today's lesson is on faith in the invisible substance. Faith in the invisible substance. Now, faith is a powerful term because It is the one term that's talked about almost uh, more than anything by Jesus. Jesus really talked a lot about faith. And in the Bible, there are stories about faith all the way through. And even when it's not talking about faith, sometimes the scriptures will use the term believe in the context of faith. You know, like, do you believe that you can be healed, et cetera? Uh, You know, so. When we're talking about faith, we have to really get a handle on the biblical definition before we get into the chapter in the book. In the book of Hebrews, it is stated in chapter 11, verse 1. You can read the whole chapter 11 because the whole chapter 11 is really the faith chapter in the Bible because it talks about all of the overcomings that you can have if you have faith. And all the overcomings that the people the biblical characters demonstrated through faith but anyway the scripture says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen so we know that faith works with the invisible to bring it into manifestation faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen it's something that works with the intangible and brings it into the tangible. It brings the unmanifested into the manifest. It's our ability to work with things spiritually. It's our ability to work with God's divine ideas. So when we start talking about faith, we're not talking about something that you have to go get. This is key. And Fillmore is going to mention that in the first chapter of uh, I mean it's the first paragraph of this chapter, but I want to, to really emphasize it. Faith isn't something that you go get. Faith is something you develop, you already have. Now, we can work on our faith, evolve our faith, strengthen our faith, but we already have faith. Nobody needs to have more faith. We need to develop the faith that we already have. Many of us have the capacity to lift more weight than we presently can if we work out and develop the muscles so they can uh, pro- produce more strength for pushing or lifting or pulling or whatever. So it's important for us to realize that we have these spiritual gifts within us and they have to be developed. They have to be evolved. They have to be um, uh, worked with to the point to where they are working at a level that allows us to live the healthy, happy, and prosperous life because they're gifts from God to help us make life work. And I think that's really important. The gifts of God within me, within you, are there to help make life work. Don't you want life to work for you? Now, you might say my life works. All right. But it can work at an even more enhanced level. It can, it can, believe it or not, you can have an even more transformed experience because truth transforms and God is limitless. So your ex- current experience can be outmatched because you can't, limit the goodness of god and more and more and more good can show up in your experience as you learn how to work with your own spiritual gifts now the book starts off by saying in the first chapter page 42 for excuse the first paragraph on page 42 something that is very very powerful it states in the next the last sentence we all have faith For it is innate in every man. Our question is how we may put it to work in our affairs. So, to have faith and not to and not consciously apply it to our lives is um, immature. And what do I mean by that? We already have faith, and we're using faith many times in many ways. I'm saying consciously use faith. In your experience in other words you decide what you want and then you put the power of faith to bring it into manifestation he goes on to say on page 42 at the bottom it is quite possible to possess a reality that cannot be seen touched or comprehended by any of the outer senses It is faith when we are fully conscious of things not seen and have the assurance of things not yet manifest. In other words, faith is that consciousness in us of the reality of the invisible substance and of the attributes of mind by which we may lay hold of it. Now, I'm going to read that again because I think that's a really important definition. Faith is that consciousness in us of the reality of the invisible substance and of the attributes of mind by which we may lay hold of it. So when we are in the consciousness of faith, we are in alignment mentally with the reality or the real thing of that which stands behind the entire universe, that which stands under the substance, the mind essence. And if you're not familiar with this term substance, go back and listen to the chapter, uh, the first lesson in this series, because I did the whole show just on substance. So I don't want to reiterate or I don't want to go back over all of the stuff that I've already taught. So when we are in faith, we realize that we're not just dealing with something that our five senses can detect. We're actually molding and shaping that which we can call the no thing to be something or anything we need in our experience. See, God as substance is no thing. But the no thing can be anything. And the anything is shaped by our thinking. And that's that's key. The no thing is shaped by our thinking. And our thinking creates our life, world, and affairs. Moving along. So on page forty three he goes on to say Faith is the perceiving power of the mind linked with a power to shape substance. Okay, so let's stop right there. Faith is the perceiving. The word perceive means to see. Faith is the seeing power or ability. Faith is the seeing ability of the mind faith is the seeing ability of the mind faith sees what the senses cannot detect faith sees what the senses cannot detect faith sees your healing before it shows up in your body faith sees your breakthrough while you're still dealing with your breakdown faith sees the prosperity in the midst of the bills faith sees your overcoming while you're still dealing with your circumstance Faith sees you in the home when you're still you might be homeless or or not living in a place and space that you are comfortable with. Faith sees the the coming together and unity of people when there's chaos in the experience. Faith is the seeing ability of the mind and is linked or connected with a power, yet again an ability to shape or form substance so what I see is connected with the ability to form what I see or let me put it this way what I see is linked with a power to form the no thing into what I see. So in other words, what I see, I am forming and shaping into my experience. Therefore, how the world occurs to us matters because how it's occurring to us is how we see it and how we see it is how it is being shaped and formed in the invisible side of life to manifest into the visible now this is very important because what it's telling us is this I need to be very careful about what I see. And if I'm seeing things consistently that are not for my highest good, I need to shift and go from five sense thinking and start developing my faith thinking. William Wart says that faith is your ability to say yes to God. Think about that. Faith is your ability to say yes to God. He goes on to say, faith is your ability to draw your good from the invisible to the visible. So when you are using your faith to see your preferred future, you are saying yes to it. And not only are you saying yes to it, you're now drawing it to you. You're forming and shaping it. You're bringing it into manifestation. Because faith will determine. Even if you have a desire that's been placed in your heart by God, it is your faith that brings it to you. And it is your faith that will determine how much it can express in your experience. Because you can only express what you see. Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. But please realize what's possible for you is limited by how you think. So if there's a ceiling on your thinking, then there's a ceiling on what's possible for you. And until you shatter the ceiling, and create a new paradigm instead of trying to expand the old one. Jesus said, you can't put new wine in old wineskins. Shatter the old paradigm and create a new one. And just keep shattering and creating new ones. And keep shattering and creating a new one. Over and over again. Until you can see that. You have to, if you, until you can see that, how you use your faith, how you perceive life, how you... Uh, how life occurs to you matters because it's you're using your faith faculty. Then life will occur to you as limited based upon your conditioning, your upbringing, your traditions, your culture, your race, your gender, your education level, uh, you know, and all these other standards we've put up, put out, and in all actuality. You know, we have billionaires like the gentleman from Facebook who said, and Bill Gates who said, you know what, I just have an idea. And they were college students and just ran with the idea. And they're billionaires. Because nobody told them that you can't be a billionaire and be in college at the same time. Or a billionaire and drop out of college. And I'm not propo- I'm not a proponent of dropping out of college. I'm just using that as an example of saying we make up these rules about what's possible. And it's all nonsense. What's possible to you is based upon your consciousness. What's not possible for you is based upon your consciousness. Only, 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 only. Because faith is your ability to say yes to God. If you say yes to God, you're saying yes to your good. And if you're saying yes to your good and yes to God, your good is only limited by your ability to receive it. You know, Reverend Ike used to say, you can go to the ocean with a thimble, with a cup, with a bucket, or you can pipe it in, and the ocean will meet the demand. You can go to God for a little bitty, with little bitty prayers. Well, what I mean by that, working with universal law, when I say prayers, speaking the word, affirming or whatever, meditating. You can go with a cup full of expectation, a cup, a bucket full of expectation, or you can say, you know what, God, keep piping the good in. I want my cup to run over. I want to have 12 baskets fulls left over, like when Jesus fed the multitudes. I want more than enough. Why? Because this is an abundant universe, and it's more, it's, it's more than enough for me and everyone else. More than enough. More than enough. Now, I would like to hear from you. So if you are out there and you want to talk to me, you can give me a call at 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. I also would like to remind you that this show and all the shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your Love offering. So please click the donate button and give to help support unity so we can go forward and spread this message all over the world. This message of empowerment because the world needs it and we're being a stand and you're being a stand for the transformation of the world through a message like this. So make sure you give. Also, I want to make sure that you're also aware of the Universal Foundation for Better Living's Panorama of Truth. You can go to www.ufbl.org to get more information on the Panorama of Truth conference. We're going to take our first break, and we will be right back with Truth Transforms.
1: been inspired by the programming on unity online radio we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too this online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach please visit www.unity.fm and click on donate now thank you
5: Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author. It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying to know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave the Five Principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because the Five Principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life, whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. We are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know, every day, in every decision. Just five principles, they cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org.
3: Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend
4: Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. This is Galen McDowell, and I'm teaching from the book Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. We're in lesson three, and right now I'm transitioning to page 45. First full paragraph states, Do not fear the power that works out things in the invisible. When you get a strong perception of something that your inner mind tells you is true and good, act on it and your demonstration will come. That is the way a living faith works. And it is the, the law of your creative word. Now, basically what it's saying is this. Getting to the space where you can legitimately trust what your inner intuition it's telling you your strong perception of something, your inner mind, inner mind, intuitive knowing is telling you. Learning how to differentiate it from the egotistical thoughts. I tell people this is why you got have to spend time in prayer, because when the first mind comes up, do this, say this, call this person or et cetera, it comes up and it's really clear in mind. But sometimes we're, we're so uh, out of touch with our own inner spiritual uh, means of communication that when it p- comes up, we're not sure and we doubt it. We're like, is it really God? Is it really me? Is that really what I want? Is it really what God is telling me? So you, we have to spend time with it, so we can learn to trust it because, because he's saying, listen to it, trust it, and act on it. See, faith without works is dead. So sooner or later, you have to put it into action if you're going to make the possibility of something that is actually manifested, brought into existence. Yes, with God, all things are possible, but that doesn't stop a person from going through what the world calls suffering. It's what you bring into manifestation that matters. It's your demonstration. So, So he's saying, trust it and then act on it. He said, that is a way a living faith works. Your faith is alive to the extent that you act on your faith. Your faith is alive to the extent to which you act on your faith. Your faith is alive to the extent to which you act on your faith. That matters. It matters. It matters how what you do with it. Just sitting there saying, I have faith in God, picture the uh Hebrews uh standing before the Red Sea saying, I have faith in God, but refusing to walk into the water. Because it was their faith that made the water split. Whether you believe that story or it's metaphorical, it doesn't matter. It was the faith that made the water split. It's the faith that that made Abraham leave his home and travel to Palestine. It is, it was faith and faith alone that allowed Paul to go into city after city after city proclaiming the gospel, even in the midst of people threatening his life. Uh, you know, and all of the things that he went along, especially he was he was preaching sometimes to people whom he originally persecuted, but his faith told him to keep going forward, a living faith it's your living faith that works. you have to put it in motion now he goes on to say on page excuse me forty five at the bottom in order to have Understanding of the law through which we gain or lose in the use of the invisible substance, we must use discrimination or judgment. There is a guiding intelligence always present that we can lay hold of and make our own. It is ours. It belongs to us and it is our birthright to both know it and use it. So, We don't have to make the mistakes if we turn within and get the guidance because the guidance tells us how to work the law in any experience. Now you got to remember divine law can be broken down into a simple term. People use the term law of mind action, which simply means this thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind, whether that's individually, whether that's your family, whether that's your work culture whether that's your neighborhood, whether that's your city, whether that's your county, whether that's your state, whether that's your nation, whether that's your religion, whether that's your whatever your background, false held in mind, produce after their own kind. You can go into areas and see the level of thinking based upon the area. I'm not saying that to be judgmental. What I'm saying is, we have to be aware of the thinking. See, we try to change things in the outer without changing the thinking. And we run up against the quote-unquote facts of life because, well, we took them out of the environment, but they still act the same way. Well, because no training of the mind was done. You know, so... I'm going to leave that alone. Anyway, moving along. He goes on to say on page 46. He says some metaphysicians mistakenly think that they must have hard experiences in order to appreciate the better things of life. They think poverty is a blessing because it educates people to the appreciation of plenty when they get it. They say that it is God's will for us to have some hard times or some good times, feasts and famines. This is not logically true when you consider God as principle. If you think of God as a man who arbitrarily gives or withholds because the exercise of his personal will, you might reach such a conclusion. But God is changeless, and if he gives one moment, he will will continue to give eternally. It is his nature to give, and his nature is eternally the same. But here's the key. When you talk of hard times, famines, lack, you are talking of something that has no place in the mind of God. You are not acknowledging God in all your ways, but are acknowledging error and affirming that the world has its source and outer things. You must turn around and get into this consciousness that in mind, in spirit, there is abundance. So basically what he's saying is some, you know, spiritual teachers teach, oh, okay, well, you know, suffering is good because it teaches you how to appreciate. No, that's nonsense. You don't have to have sickness to appreciate health. Now, having the experience of illness can make you appreciate health, but it's not necessary. You don't have to starve to appreciate food. You don't have to be broke to appreciate prosperity. You know, you know, Jesus said in, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, which one of you, if your child asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would give him a scorpion? And he says, now you being evil and, and Aramaic, that means you make mistakes. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give to those who ask? So in other words, if we have enough common sense to give good to our children, how much more will God as principle provide for God's image and likeness? It makes you think. Prosperity and health and peace are our birthrights. We were not created to suffer. We were not created to have without. We were not created to lack. We're not, we were not created to go through mess and drama and trauma and silliness. And all of the things that we create on our own because we're free will thinking beings. But because we believe we're separate from our good. We create these experiences through because of the way we think, because of what we feel, what we believe in, what we're saying and doing. But God has nothing to do with anything that you would call suffering, lack, sickness, illness. God has nothing to do with anybody ever being sick, ever being broke, ever being anything. It's divine law only. Now, God is divine law, but divine law is activated by our consciousness. So the same law that makes you rich is the same law that makes you poor. The same law that gets you sick is the same law that makes you healthy. But it's not God as Father or Father, Mother that makes anyone ill sick or or broke or unhappy. It is our use of our own thinking, formulating process of mind that creates the nonsense. What we're saying is when you get back in alignment with good in alignment with God, you realize that there's always more than enough. It takes faith to realize that and then act on it because only through you you're acting on it, this is the way it is will it show up in your space. Now there's some who can just sit still in their living room and stuff just pop up. Most of us need to act on our faith. We need to keep it in motion. Act on your faith. Moving on. Page 47. Mr. Fillmore gives us technique. He says in the first full paragraph. Jesus entered into the silence. Prayed and blessed the substance at hand. He's talking about Jesus multiplying five loaves and two fishes. Get this, he said. Jesus entered into the silence. That's one. Prayed. He affirmed the truth in the situation and blessed the substance at hand. So, if we want to learn a technique for increasing our prosperity, one we enter the silence. In other words. Go deep within yourself. Learn how to meditate and get in contact with your own spiritual nature, your own Christ nature. Pray in a sense of affirm, not begging and beseeching. Affirm the truth about the experience. And then bless what you have. It doesn't matter how small it is. Bless what you have, even if it's a penny, even if it's a dollar. Bless what you have. That's the technique. Silence, affirm the truth, bless what you have. And do it as often as you can remember. She goes on to say if we would multiply and increase the power substance and life in us at our command, we must get very still and realize our resource is spirit, that is, that it is God, and that it is here in all its fullness we must make contact with it in faith our faith there it is again then we shall find it welling up within us so silence affirm the truth bless what's at hand that's a technique now back to page 47 bottom paragraph he says when there is a worldwide belief in financial depression Lack of circulation, stagnation, things do not go as we expect, and we develop fear, a belief in lack of circulation of money. But if we know the law, we do not come under this fear thought. That's all it is, a thought that shows up as manifestation because when people start shutting down and closing up, circulation stops. And when circulation stops, then the economy is affected. He goes on to say, At any time, many persons make money. They use this law and take advantage of opportunity. Now, even in the things that were going on in the United States um, when the economy crashed in 2008, people were still making money. Somebody was making money. Somebody was making money. I just want you to just... Wrap your brain around somebody was making money. There's no such thing as no one making money in a situation. There's always somebody somewhere prospering. Do they change the game? Yes. But in their mindset, they're dealing with a wealth consciousness that will teach them whatever they need to do. And I'm again, I'm talking about ethically now. I'm not talking about people who are doing things that are deceitful, cheating people, uh, violating people's 401ks and all this other stuff that was going on with Wall Street. I'm talking about ethically now because a lot of that stuff was crashing because it wasn't built on universal law either. Yeah, you know, people doing unethical things that it ended up coming back, and unfortunately, people being affected by it because you know sometimes we trust without uh, inspection, and what you expect, you should inspect. But that's another lesson for another day. Moving along, page forty-seven. He goes on again to say, "We should bless." Everything that we have, for we can increase and multiply what we have by speaking words. Jesus said that his words were spirit and life. Did you ever think that your word is charged with great spiritual life forces? It is. Be careful of your words. Men shall be held accountable for his lightest words. If you talk about substance in a negative way, your finances will be decreased. But if you talk about it in an appreciative, large way, you will be prospered. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word for your own prosperity. In in other words. Is Isaiah 55:11 says, "The words that come forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void." Work with that scripture. The words that come forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void. Then again, Jesus said, "My words are spirit and they are life." Now remember, Jesus said, "The works I do, you can do, and even greater works." So your words, my words. Our words are spirit, and they are life. They're the, they give life to new potentialities and possibilities. Your words give life to a new context for your living, your life. In other words, you create a new context. By what you speak. gives you something to think about. Anyway, again, if you would like to call in to the show and ask me a question, feel free to do so. You can call at 888-558-6489. I would love to hear from you. 888-558-6489. And again, remember, you can go To www.cutemple.org And watch uh, The CUT live stream 10.30am to 12 noon Central Standard Time And don't forget that I have a Facebook page uh, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell Make sure you go on And like the page Please go on Facebook and like it So we can help share the message uh, Of this uh, online ministry We're going to take our last break And we'll be right back with Truth Transforms
2: I'm Dr. Tom Shepard, host of Let's Talk About It on Unity Online Radio. In my studies of world religions, I've repeatedly encountered two central spiritual questions. How do we make sense of life, and how do we live it more successfully? You're invited to explore these two questions with me in my new book, The Many Faces of Prayer, How the Human Family Meets Its Spiritual Needs. You'll be amazed at the remarkable ways people have learned to pray to their gods and to celebrate life individually and as communities of faith. Learn more at unitybooks.org. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are?
3: You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms@unity.fm. at unity.fm. Now back
4: to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I am teaching from the book Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. And yet again, if you're just tuning in, This book is available in hard and soft cover. You can buy it or find a free version online, download it to your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever, and follow along with me. I'm requesting that everyone who follows along with this series on the book, Prosperity, get the book. If it's available for free and you're already on the Internet, there's no reason why you can't access it. So I'm requesting that everyone who follows along with this series get the book. I'm also requesting that since you know that I'm teaching it one chapter at a time, that you read the chapter before I cover it. Therefore, for instance, I'm on lesson three now. So when I do lesson four next week, make sure you read it before next Wednesday. Okay? Thank you. All right, page 50, bottom of the page. Matter of fact, I'm going to go up for a moment because he has an affirmation. Uh, Let me go to the top of the page because he works with an affirmation. I think it's good, but I need to give it a setting. He says, the foundation of every work is an idea. Faith is that quality of mind which makes the idea stand out as real, not only to ourselves, but to others. When others have faith in the thing you are doing, making or selling, they see it as real and worthwhile. Then your success and your prosperity are assured. Now, so if the foundation of everything is an idea, in other words, when you start with something mentally and then you have faith that makes that idea stand out, when people have faith in you, they normally have faith in what you present. Now, if they have faith in the idea, that means that, that you have created that as something that potentially they can see as something worthwhile for them to become involved with. They can see it as real. See, we use funny words when when the faith is involved with something. We'll say, oh, yeah, I can see that. In other words, your faith has made that real for them. And their faith has made that real for them. So, oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, I get it. That means you can can mentally formulate it. And that's what faith does. It's the perceiving power of the mind. So, again, when he says, when others have faith in the thing you are doing, making, or selling, they see it as real and worthwhile. He says, then your success and your prosperity are assured. Because now you've made it real for others. See, this is a part of demonstrating prosperity is not only you making it real for you, but you make it real for others. When you walk into a store to buy clothes or food or whatever, someone has made real the experience of whatever it is that you desire to get out of that experience. People are not necessarily going to McDonald's for cuisine. They made real the concept of fast food. Get in, get what you want, and leave quickly, efficiently, and it's cost effective. Now, you're not trying to, uh, you know, I'm not baiting the nutritional value of a Big Mac. I'm sure it's not much. But they deliver what they sell. And you have faith in that. So when you drive through the drive-through, you expect when you give your money to get what they are selling. So you have faith in them delivering what they say they say they'll deliver. Now, now why is this important? When we want to succeed in life, it is important that people have faith that we will deliver whatever we say we will deliver. That creates prosperity, that creates opportunity, that creates possibilities, that opens the realm of potentiality. Because people who have faith in what you deliver, what you're about, what you say, what you do, will stand with it because they can see it. Now, moving on, he says, only that exists in those who become really visible or valuable. Only that exists in who's becoming really really visible or valuable have uh, you have great faith. If you say and believe, I have faith in the substance of God working in and through me to increase and bring abundance in the, my world, your faith will start to work mightily in the mind substance and make you prosperous. Now, is it just saying these words like this is a magic bullet? No, it's not is getting into the realization of what these words are really saying. But you have to first start affirming it. Not faking it, but developing it. You're developing the words. Am I saying it with clarity? Am I saying it with conviction? I have faith in the substance of God working in and through me to increase and bring abundance into my world. Let me stop and reflect on that. Now, let me repeat it again. Let me stop and reflect on that. Then let me repeat that again. Now, what images are popping up in my head when I say this? How does it feel? What is it? Is it causing me to have some, oh, this is some nonsense. Why am I affirming this? Is there some fear thoughts into that? Is there some doubt? Is it, yeah, I accept this and believe this. See, when you start affirming and working with stuff, it should start activating and triggering stuff that's in you already. It'll trigger some nonsense if you have beliefs that are inconsistent with what you are affirming. And that's good. It's like um, telling a person who never really experienced um, love in the sense of compassion and kindness and tenderness and all of that. Maybe they've been through some, you know, abusive parents or abusive experiences and you try to tell them, you know, I love you they might not be able to really accept what that means because they don't have a context for it. So you saying I love you triggers something in them that pulls up mistrust, that pulls up doubt, that pulls up fear, because maybe people who told them I love you before abused them and really didn't love them, but were actually abusing them. So so when you start affirming things like this, realize. It might work on you a little bit. Page 51, he states, let us all know that just now we are in the very presence of creative mind, the mind that made the universe and everything in it. This mind is here and at work right now as much as it ever was or ever will be. When we fully realize this, we increase the activity of mind in us immeasurably. You must realize that God is spirit and that spirit is very real and powerful and by far the most substantial thing in all the world. So right where you are, you are in the midst, right in the midst of the presence of God and the totality of God is right in you, through you, right now. And is in. there is no more God in any other place in the universe than there is right where you are there's just as much god in you as there were in there was in jesus and moses and buddha and whoever else you might think is an enlightened soul just as much god what's the difference between them and us awareness that's it consciousness right now we're in the midst of a creative mind intelligence that Can manifest in our lives as wholeness, as peace, as love, as joy and prosperity right here and right now. But as Reverend Coleman used to always tell us, it works if you work it. It works when we work it. What works? Principle works when we work the principle. All right. Last point. Page 52, middle of the page, he states, every time you say, I'm a little short of funds, I haven't as much money as I need, you are putting a limit on the substance in your consciousness. Is that wisdom? You want a larger supply, not a limited supply of substance. Therefore, it is important to watch your thoughts so that the larger supply may come through your mind and into your affairs. Say to yourself, I am God's offspring, and I must think as God thinks. Therefore, I cannot think of any lack or limitation. Hmm. Think about that. I am God's offspring, and I must think as God thinks. Now, when he says, I'm a little short of funds, I haven't as much money, he states in this book, and I'm sure I'm going to bump into it as I continue to read Instead of saying, he wrote basically, instead of saying, I can't afford that, he said, this shall come to me in divine order. He says, what you're doing is you're shifting your thoughts. Instead of saying, I can't get something, this shall come to me in divine order. In other words, you're never um making lack real in your experience. You might not have the financial means to do something but never, ever, ever let that be where your mind stops. Because you don't know what's possible. This this too shall come to me in divine order. Or this shall come to me in divine order. Well, you want the car. This shall come to me in divine order. Now you work in, in divine order. You work with your mind. You see what the possibilities are. Or you plan it out. Or whatever. But you just don't lie. Your, because the moment you say, I'm a little short of funds. I don't have the money. I'm broke. I don't have what you do is you just stop the conversation right there in your mind. And your mind goes to other things. And it looks at looks at evidence. Hey, absolutely. Didn't you see the light bill? These car notes they seem to come every week. You know, uh don't don't you know I got this bill, that bill, the medical bill, the, the whatever? So he's saying, Don't do that. And instead affirm, I'm God's offspring, I must think as God thinks, therefore I cannot think of any lack of limitation. Take the affirmation, see if it's something you want to work with. I'll leave you with page 55. He has some prosperity prayers. And my suggestion would be to take these prayers and work with them this week, every morning and every evening. They read, I am always provided for because I have faith in thee as my omnipresent abundance. And you can change these as you need them. Uh, you know, I don't like that thee thou, so I don't use those. I have faith in thee as my almighty resource, and I trust thee to preserve me in my prosperity. I trust the universal spirit of prosperity in all my affairs. I come to God because I believe that he is and that he is a reward of, the, of them that seek after him. And again, I don't use gender terms, so I would probably change that. But the thing about it is, get a list of affirmations, prosperity affirmations. Write them on a three-by-five card. And if you have different pens like black, red, blue, et cetera, write them in different colors just so your mind is paying attention to what you're doing. Another technique that you possibly could do is take three or four affirmations, get a stack of cards, Write them out every day and then affirm them in the morning and in the evening. Write them out every day. What are you doing? Impressing that subconscious mind. So next week, we're going to talk about man, the inlet and outlet of divine mind. We're going to work with this principle. We're going to work with this truth, and we're going to demonstrate prosperity in our lives. Get the book if you don't have it, and let's get to work. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms.
0: Are you ready to take a quantum leap into greater self-acceptance and love and freedom from suffering by connecting all your parts, especially those you deem broken? If so, join Mark Anthony Lord, founder and spiritual director of the Bodhi Spiritual Center in Chicago, every Monday at 1 p.m. Central, as he helps you understand there's nothing wrong with you. You are perfect just the way you are. This show is for you so you can know you're not alone, and that you really matter, and that miracles are right here within you and all around you. From this knowing, anything and everything becomes possible. Each week, Mark will be joined by amazing guests who share their journeys of awakening. Listen live on Mondays at 1 p.m. Central, or download the podcast at your convenience, or subscribe via iTunes to Nothing Broken Here with Mark Anthony Lord. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Reverend Jim Rosemurgy. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready... Affirm silently to yourself, Sweet, sweet spirit, I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening. Take time now in the silence to get in touch with the spiritual guidance within you. Have faith that your next step, your unfolding, your spiritual growth is coming to you in divine order through your spiritual instinct or your spiritual knowingness.
3: This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
2: Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are?